Have you ever wondered why you aren't getting the results, relationships, or life that you want, or why some of your clients run into the same problems? I'm certified life coach, Lindsay Pullman, and I'm here to tell you that there's nothing wrong with you. There's just more to understand about the multifaceted beauty of the human body. I believe that being trauma-informed is an essential standard of care for coaches, and I'm here to support life coaches who recognize that there is so much more than mindset work when it comes to supporting ourselves and our clients responsibly. So glad you're here. Come on in. Hey, everybody. I'm here, round two of recording this podcast episode. I did not check my sound when I recorded this a few weeks ago, and then I got a message from my podcast editor telling me it was a little bit choppy. So I checked the sound. We should be good to go. And I am coming back to you after a pretty busy June. In early June, I co-hosted a retreat with Amy Gianni, and I feel like I may need to do a a debrief at some point here on the podcast for y'all, but it may need to be with her because in a lot of ways, it just almost feels ineffable. And so maybe she and I talking together can make the ineffable effable. And <laughs> that even makes sense to you. But because I think I'm still in the space where I, it's hard to feel like I can adequately and appropriately describe the experience that we all at our somatic practitioner, Melissa was just amazing. Uh, she's a really good friend of mine on top of that. We just, we go so far back and I plan to have her on more retreats in the future. So cannot wait to, for what will continue to unfold as far as retreats are concerned. And I really do like to prioritize my clients, especially my coaching clients. So that's something that I always keep in mind when I'm planning retreats or when I start selling retreats. I love opening things up to the public as well after I've given priority to alumni and stuff like that. So anyway, it's interesting because if I don't have a lot of words to describe what went down at the retreat a few weeks ago, I do feel like even me as the co-host came home as a different person. And, you know, it makes sense because as seasonal beings, we're always like shirking and shedding off layers here and there over time. But I just think we made such beautiful, clear boundaries at the beginning of the retreat around safety and how to create safety and set up this environment that's really, really conducive to safety. That during the retreat, we all felt pretty instantly connected. It was the perfect blend of people who were there. There was one woman who wasn't able to make it because she had a last minute surgery. And I know it would have been perfect for her as well. And I just look forward to seeing her on another retreat, hopefully. But we just had the most wonderful time. And so while I don't have a ton to say about it, I may just bring Amy on at some point so we can share a little bit more together and talk more about it because she and I do plan to do more together. Anyway, so we'll just have that be another episode. And what I'll do now is talk about what I came on to talk to you about today. Today, I'm going to talk about some words that not everybody likes to hear or not everybody likes to talk about. But over the last five years of coaching, especially with respect to the niches that I worked in prior to training coaches to become trauma-informed, I worked with a lot of women and some men who experienced emotional abuse in marriage. And I've been educating women around this for the past five years around what emotional abuse is, abusive behaviors, differentiating behaviors and attitudes, setting boundaries, not just boundaries to protect your emotional space, but also with this added lens of learning how to create nervous system safety and and setting boundaries in the space of nervous system capacity. So 
you know, you could argue that, that that's one and the same, but not everybody sees it that way. And so when we can add these other lenses of understanding around why we set boundaries, I think it can be really, really helpful. Okay. And, you know, that's all been of paramount importance to me because I think a lot of times as humans, we may think, oh, like abuse. I don't like that word. People abuse the word abuse and people are going to use that against me if I use it or different things like that. Or people who use that word are a little bit big to me. But the thing is, is like multiple things can be true at the same time. Like, can we not talk about subject matter without being big to me? If you think about history, you know, that we talk about with respect to our independence or different things like that, sharing stories of around history doesn't always equal victimy, right? And so what if when someone is sharing their lived experience, we can talk about the subject matter, talk about facts of what's happened or talk about what someone's lived experience was or allow someone to talk about what their lived experience was while being empowered, okay? And I think there's been so much socialization around this idea that if we use these terms, abuse that people are going to get to a victim place. But I actually think you can talk about abuse from a very empowered space. And I, and I sometimes wonder too, if the people who say that talking about abuse is a victim thing is like, if they want it to be that way for a reason, right? It's a way to distract people from talking about the problem. So instead of shoving this information to the back of our mental closets, if we continue to just not have a lot of understanding around this information, and it's going, it's going to stay there waiting for us to look at it. And of course, we don't have to understand everything about all of the world at all times or right away. But I do think as it feels appropriate or resonant to you, understanding basic terminology around what constitutes emotional abuse in a marriage or in child-parent relationships or different things like that, especially if you're a coach, can be really, really helpful so that we're not doing harm as coaches, okay? Even if you're not a coach, if you have friends that are married or partnerships who come to you for advice, first of all, there's a way to show up for people and meet them where they're at. So we're not like shoving information down the throats, but like the more that you understand this stuff, you're going to be able to know how to support your friend or family who comes to you as well. Okay. And the thing is, I really do think we're on the cusp of some major worldwide evolution. And part of that comes with taking a look at some of the icky stuff that humanity has experienced or stuff that just humanity hasn't had the capacity to, to look at for whatever reason over the past hundreds of years or millennia. But like in order to elevate the level of consciousness to where it's going and where a lot of us want to be, it means we need to look at some of these skeletons, look at some of these things so that we can kind of shed them from our experience as it, as it makes sense, if it's an appropriate thing to do, okay? So for whatever reason, a lot of the bulk of humanity has potentially ignored looking at this stuff, using this word, these terminologies, emotional abuse and things like that out of need, out of denial. We're not really sure for capacity reason. So if you're in any of my programs, this stuff is covered, which is really nice. So whether you're becoming a certified coach or if you're in an advanced certification or if you're in any of my online group coaching programs, we're going to make sure this stuff gets covered in different modules so that you can really support yourself in the way that you want to or need to to potentially provide a more direct and deep line of healing with respect to your experience. 
And if it isn't you, let's make sure that you're able to support people who come to you for help as well. The reason that I'm talking about this today is because I had a fellow colleague who is in my program for advanced relationship trauma certification. And I have a video on the program on emotional abuse in marriage and what emotionally abusive behaviors are and and kind of this little starting point on what boundaries might look like. And she watched that and she thought, okay, well, my coaches need us too because this particular colleague who's in my program also trained coaches. So she had me go into her program and teach some of these ideas there. And it was amazing. And it just got me thinking, oh, this could be something to talk about on the podcast as well. One reason why I was thrilled to teach for this coaching group is because I love seeing other humans willing to talk about this stuff. Because there are a lot of coaches that won't or who, who don't want to look at this, who want to focus on different things. But also sometimes we need to know what we're healing from. And we don't always need to put words to our lived experience, but sometimes we do. And so adding layers of language and context that appropriately match what we've lived or experienced can be very, very, very healing. Okay. And so we want, for me personally, when I am looking for a coach, I want to make sure they're trauma informed. I want to make sure that they have the capacity to meet me where, where I'm at with respect to what I've experienced and that they will about the nervous system and somatic stuff and different things like that. So I really do think that this layer is not talked about enough, no matter what your niche is, because no matter who you're coaching, you're going to be coaching off relationships to some extent. And if, especially if you're coaching women, there's just a lot of abuse of power that happens in partnerships and in work dynamics and in family relationship dynamics. So we really want to make sure that a layer of context like this <laughs> You know, having a basic understanding of what emotional abuse might be, it really can potentially minimize unnecessary suffering for yourself or for humans that you know that are on the receiving end of this for you. Okay. So when I taught in this group, the women had so many great questions and I could totally tell they cared. And and for me as a privileged white heteronormative woman who was raised Christian, I do see my responsibility as one where I'm proactive and understanding the marginalization of groups of people that I support. I think it's okay to be open to this idea of intersectionality where marginalization is is marginalization and we don't need to minimize it, okay? So whether you identify as part of a marginalized group or not, it doesn't mean that you can't or couldn't ever be marginalized, okay? So if you're a woman listening, it's very likely that you've been marginalized to some degree or you're being marginalized right now, whether you're aware of that or not. So again, having appropriate language to describe and decide how, or if you want to apply some of this jargon, can be very, very empowering, okay? And just as with physical pain, you know, we could just toss a bunch of antiseptics, antibiotics, and hydrogen peroxide to a cut and hope it goes away. And sometimes it does, but also sometimes it doesn't. Sometimes we need to be very specific in how we dress, cut, and what and what care we need to take after a after you know if someone is wounded, right? And sometimes we need to know what the wound is so we know how to treat that. And I I believe that that's the case sometimes with emotional hurt as well. Okay, so it's my belief that we do need more coaches who are willing to discuss this deeper stuff as opposed to just diagnosing our quote-unquote thought choices, okay? Because I think 
so much more is happening here when people are experiencing pain or whatever it is that they're expressing. And I do think the world is ready for it. People are on to these ideas that maybe our experience is determined by more than just our thoughts, right? Maybe there's so much more happening than just this top bottom approach to living, right? Getting out of our mind and getting into the body. So as coaches, I think part of our standard of care is to be able to meet clients and meet humanity where they're at. So that's why today I'm going to do a high touch explanation of some of this stuff around abusive behaviors and boundaries, okay? And before we jump in, just check in with yourself. Do you feel safe right now? What do you need to optimize what you receive from this podcast episode? How can you create safety for yourself and just be a little bit more gentle with yourself, right? Maybe this is the time to learn about what I'm about to share and maybe it's not. And what if both are okay, all right? You don't have to muscle your way through difficult things or listening through things if you know it's gonna trigger you to a point where it takes longer than you want it to or than what it might normally be to get back to a certain baseline, okay? So again, I teach this stuff so that I could support clients in understanding and validating themselves right where they are at. And I'd like to present this information in such a way so that they can apply these principles to their unique experience, see where it makes sense to potentially set boundaries and open up to these different ideas of nervous system work and deepening self-concept around boundary setting if needed, okay? Just know it's going to be general today on the podcast episode. The videos in my and module sets in my programs are more detailed, but I thought it would be just helpful to share at least a little bit with y'all today. So the first thing is, if you're a coach or if you listen to coaches and they talk about different things like models, make sure you are internalizing and using this model to work for you and not against you, okay? So there are times where a circumstance may elicit a thought, which leads you to feel something. And that's not the case for all humans. And I think if we're, if we want to be inclusive coaches where the concepts that we teach and the qualifiers that we use are inclusive and expansive to support a broad group of people, we want to make sure that we're not thinking about this in a one-dimensional way where it's one-dimensional linear way where circumstance leads to thought, which leads to feeling. There's so much more that could be happening. We might feel a feeling and then have a right? And then feel another feeling. So it's just not as linear as we might think. And let's not forget about the nervous system, okay? Sometimes it's a top-bottom approach to understanding ourselves, and other times it's a bottom-up approach. And when it comes to healing, we want to find, and this is what I do in my coaching programs, especially my certifications, we want to support people in finding a beautiful hybrid of both, okay? So if you've been taught a certain coaching model where this leads to this leads to this. Just check in with yourself. Is this always true? Okay. Does this work for me right now? Is it serving me? Am I being nice to myself when I don't hit goals or something else? Am I blaming myself because of the way I'm not locking into this model the way that I'm supposed to and other people seem to be able to do it? I teach my clients a lot of times that if they feel like they're activated, maybe above a six on a scale of one to 10 to just set the model aside, okay? Whatever mindset model aside for a minute and just make sure we're taking care of our body and getting grounded and getting into our body so that we can do that cognitive work because when we're activated and when our body is threatened, 
our cognitive skill set, it goes way, way down. It even shuts off. That part of our brain oftentimes shuts off. So if we notice that activation, it can be really helpful to just lovingly set the model inside so that you can take care of your body and send safety messages down to your nervous system, okay? So when you do come back to that cognitive side and you do want to look at a set of circumstances or a circumstance to make a decision, you can do it powerfully and grounded. Okay, we're going to talk emotional abuse now. I'm going to give you a definition. Emotional abuse is a way to control another person, whether unconsciously or consciously, by using emotions to criticize, embarrass, shame, blame, or otherwise manipulate another person. In general, a relationship is emotionally abusive when there is a consistent pattern of abusive words and bullying behaviors that wear down a person's self-esteem and undermine their mental health, okay? So what I would offer, again, is, and this is what the part that I added to the definition, is that this can be done consciously and unconsciously, okay? There are a lot of people that exhibit abuse behaviors and don't even know that they're doing that. They're just following what was modeled then. And again, I'll give a few examples. We don't have time to get through it all, but ultimately what I think it comes down to is, are you in a partnership or relationship where your human experience is chronically devalued or discounted? Because emotional abuse can take on so many different forms and we'll go through a few examples today, but it can take on so many different forms. But if you just kind of find yourself constantly, consistently discounted or dismissed and being on the receiving end of that, just check in, okay? Is my human experience being chronically devalued or discounted? So sit with that for a minute. And you can just check. Maybe in a relationship that you have been curious about, okay? Am I able to be heard and seen? Am I able to be myself? Different things like that. Some examples of emotional abuse might be unrealistic expectations, invalidation, relationships where someone's creating chaos, someone acting superior, someone being controlling or isolating, accusing, blaming, denial, or where there's emotional neglect and isolation. I see emotional neglect as a really, really common one in adults today. And so if you find yourself kind of continue when you're struggling or like doing any work with respect to your you're like, ah, but, but we had it so good. We had a nice house. I always had food on my plate, you know, different things like that. Like you can have all of those things. You can have everything, you know, have all your physical needs met and have experienced emotional neglect. Okay. So let's remind ourselves that it doesn't have to be either or. It could be this and this. Okay. And there are so many examples, again, that could be chronically done over time that could be construed as emotionally abusive. And so one example might be eye roll. Right. And you might be thinking like an eye roll, how is that emotionally abusive? Right. But just imagine being on the receiving end of that. Maybe every time you're trying to bring up something that's really important to you that you care about. And every single time you do, it's dismissed with eye rolling or big size or things like that. Right. It's just something to kind of pay attention to. Right. And just know that if you are a person who has rolled your eyes at somebody, you don't need to get into this perfectionistic space where you're like, I'm ruining everything. Like, Again, I think that that phrase chronic and consistent is something to pay attention to um, when it comes to what constitutes emotional abuse. Okay. Hey, 
come and join us in this revolution. Gotta crawl before we walk this in evolution. So are you ready to become a part of our forever community of trauma-informed coaches? Go to lindsaypullman.com and see if my advanced certification is a fit for you. And we ready to heal this what we pursuing. Coaches change lives, it's what we doing. This the place to be, no need to panic see. We got each other's backs in this healing community. Wanna yeah. know the facts? It's simple. simple. When we coming together, yeah, we got unity.